Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back, and we are ready to go. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us across the Outkick network from Florence to Knoxville and everywhere in between. We say good afternoon as we get into some SEC and NFL headlines. Primary complaint today as well. Broadcasting from 6th and Peabody, our studios here in downtown Nashville with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Gentlemen... How's everyone doing? I am doing great. It is good to be with you guys. I'm in a great mood coming in today because of dirty work last night uh, with Norm McDonald. Uh, not in great mood over the news with Norm McDonald yesterday, but I told everyone in honor of Norm, watch Dirty Work, and I'm here to tell everyone it holds up. I it watched holds up it, very well. I watched it as well. And I think, What'd you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. It's very young, Norm. <laughs> well, very, and a young Artie. <laughs> very skinny Norm, too. Very young, very skinny Norm. Uh, fat Artie. Yep. Um, I don't know that there was a skinny Artie. No. You know, the title of Artie's book was Too Fat to Fish. His mother told him at one point when he said he got up early on a Saturday to go fishing with some bosses. He was a longshoreman. And she said, go back to bed. You're too fat to fish. <laughs> he was like, what does that mean? What does that even mean? <laughs> well, it's a classic line. It's a great title for right. a book. You'd sink the boat is what it means. <laughs> you're too fat, you can't sit in a boat. That's a great title for a book. Uh, yeah, it was a fun movie. Nice and short and compact, like you were saying. One hour and 21 minutes is the perfect runtime for a comedy. And right when I went to, I went to HBO Max and watched it and, and clicked play and I saw... And it was starting in one hour and 21 minutes. I'm thinking, that is perfection. And Chevy Chase also. We had a great discussion of Chevy Chase yesterday off air. Um, Chevy Chase does a great job in the film as the doctor who has a gambling problem. Don Rickles uh, makes an appearance. Uh, who did we say was the... Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Oh, yes. yeah, that's right. The bearded lady. Has a cameo. For a time she was bearded. She For has a, a time beard she in was it. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to give everything away, but you should join us in our tribute well, to I mean, Norm. Spoiler alert. The granddad from Problem Child would be the way I'd describe Artie's dad in the movie. And spoiler alert, Norm MacDonald's <laughs> dad in the movie also, which you find out about 20 minutes in. Um, he's also touching, in it. Touching it's a, family. Uh, it's a great film. Movie about brothers. It really, I, I was, I was nervous. It a great film. I was nervous. I watched it all the time in college, and I was nervous. I'm going to watch it and not find it as funny now. Oh, and I found myself howling, laughing. I don't think you could name a film, Chad, that you thought was great that you don't f think is great now. No, there, there are some. There are some that are out there that I go back and watch, and I'm thinking, what, what was I really thinking? Chad loves one? film. I'm a big fan of film. Dennis Leary, though, would probably tell me that I'm not as big of a fan of film as I make myself out to be. We've got to find that exchange and play it at some point. We, we Here's something else with deferred movies. Deferred to Chad with Dennis Leary as our movie expert, and then Dennis Leary quizzed him, and Chad 
Fail. Failed miserably. Um, it really put me on the spot. On all, on all of the finalists for be- best picture. Well, it was okay. Have you seen Philomena? No, I haven't. No, no, no. I've got that on my list. Maybe, yeah. maybe this weekend. I don't know if I have time. What was the film that you what? had actually watched? American Hustle. <laughs> That's it. Which yeah. was funny and because like, oh, you like that? You like that? Oh, you like, oh, you like American one, Hustle? Huh? It was an Oscar-nominated so film. Good. But Dennis Leary apparently hated Hunt it. And I are just sitting back watching this. Oh, We're like, was... we have a superstar with us. We just backed off and gave you the floor with him and you were bombing. Awesome. <laughs> oh, you didn't back off and give me the floor we with did. him. I said you're the movie expert. No, but I'm saying that you backed off and gave me the floor with uh, Jeff Goldblum and those guys. That was right, right, right. Mike's, And they were great. You were in on the interview. You just we said, oh, uh, Chad, yeah. he was asking about what have you guys seen? And you guys said, well, Chad's right. our movie guy. He's seen more than us. And I had not seen any <laughs> of the Oscar-nominated great. movies. Um, it was one of the shows. I think the big takeaway, though, was moments. apparently he hates David O. Russell because he hated American Hustle. His reaction to me oh, liking American like Hustle that, was, huh? oh, you like that, huh? I'm thinking, it's nominated <laughs> for an Oscar. Like, Did you not like it? He's a piece of garbage. Yeah, he's That's not a big he fan. He's um, like, oh, have Dennis you seen, uh, have you seen Boyhood? Have you seen Lady Bird? I, I, and I later saw Boyhood. <laughs> Which was terrific. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I, I think I that we it. should have a Dennis Leary tribute night tonight. Let's pick a Dennis I, Leary I want to get into a, any movie at this point. Not I don't know anything that's out right now. I don't know anything that I'm dying to see. I want to see Top Gun 2. I want to see the, the, the uh, Sopranos movie. Outside of that, do you guys even know what's in theaters right now? I'm no. looking it up right I now. Mean, I, I know that Billions so is out and I'm two episodes behind on I'm that. I'm so dumb to movies right now. Like We joke about me being the movie guy. I am no longer a movie guy. Yeah, we couldn't I have no you. clue what's going we on. We couldn't sacrifice you to Dennis Leary at this no, time. No, no. If we, we had could him not. on now. No, it, it would be even worse than it was then. <laughs> Shang-Chi? Is that, is that out or is it about yeah, to be out this out. weekend? That, that's, um, that, that should is be that out. of interest? The Should I be card, interested in The card counter? Movie. The card counter? card counter looks good. That's Sounds Oscar Isaac. I've seen the trailer. I've seen more trailers well, than I'll ever see, see movies. Trailers. Um, uh, a movie named after Taylor Lewan, Show Me the Father. <laughs> <laughs> or Chandler he found out this. Yeah, he found out this weekend. Um, Don't Breathe 2. Not sure what that's about. Jungle Cruise After remains out. After you don't out. breathe one, I, I would watch, I would watch Jungle Cruise. Old no, remains in theaters. Okay, I saw Old. Uh, but that, uh, I have two. But that? that tells you how old, old. this is. How old? How is uh, old? It, it was... Um, you're, not, you're not in love with it. I wasn't, but the, it, it, it had a, it was M. Night Shyamalan finish. Oh, okay. It's a, but it was... It was it was too basic. I was know? done with him after I was, second uh, film. I think, Hutton, I think you agreed with me. There was about a 40-minute stretch of old that was highly entertaining. Yes. And yes. suspenseful, where all this craziness is happening. And that was about it. I thought the rest was okay, and the ending was very blah. I need, more than, for M. Night I need more than 40 minutes out of a yeah, it was, nearly two-hour film. Yeah. There's also a, a film that Jacob would like, Malignant is out uh, malignant looks very very frightening uh, i saw the trailer for that for during old they had a long trailer and uh candy man the, they're making another candy man that also looked pretty scary so the, the one i'm looking forward to is is next month with no time to die with uh yeah, 007 the latest uh the, the latest james bond I, I was in the theater for old uh, i will pay to go to the theater for no time to die it's only in theaters i believe for No Time to Die. Top Gun 2 is only going to be in theaters. It, and it did get someone pointed this out in the YouTube chat. It's been delayed to 2022. It was supposed to happen oh, wow. last summer at one point, and then Christmas, and then this summer, and now it's delayed. Then to this upcoming Christmas, now it's delayed until next year. Well, we interviewed a few of the point. actors at the last Super Bowl we were at. 2019. <clears throat> so that would have made it seem like it was on the verge, right? And it 
it's pushed back that many times. Yeah, I mean, they were clearly done with it at that point for <laughs> a while. Can, yeah. That was last Super Bowl. How weird would that be to film something like five years ago and it finally be released? You know? I, I don't understand, unless there's just a lot of problems with editing that they're going back on, on the runtime and what needs to be in and what needs to be out. I think out. they I want to capitalize on I think they're also waiting for big films to be back in yeah. movie theaters. Yeah, I think they're waiting to capitalize on Because everything's gone straight to like movie theaters and H- HBO Max or Netflix simultaneously. And they've made that work instead of just putting it in the can and waiting for it. But we've all been pretty accustomed. Look, I, I'm out on movies generally going to the movie theater. And I know once I go back, once there's one that I'm like, okay, I'll go to the movie theater. Inevitably, I'll be sitting right behind somebody who has a running dialogue for the movie and makes it not enjoyable. Paul, if it's just you going to the movie theater or you and a friend or or whatever it may be, just pick the right time to go. If you go to a Tuesday night, 8 o'clock movie, 9 o'clock movie, you're not going to be bothered by people. I feel like every time I've been to the movie, the last five trips over three years. almost exclusive. Oh, I, I mean, I, I did almost get into an altercation with a guy, the only other person in the theater for the uh, uh, Creed 2. I went and saw Creed <laughs> 2 in theaters, and someone was, I mean, it, it was clearly on purpose. They were coughing so loud. It was almost like us going over our the top, clearing cough. our throat. On purpose? Before, over and over again. I finally stood up and turned around and told the guy to shut up. And? and he did not like it, and uh, we had words. Fisticuffs. And my buddy was sitting next to me. He's like, "We're gonna have to fight this guy on the way out of the." These guys don't want to fight. Theater. And I'm looking at my like, yeah, "This guy don't want to fight." <laughs> now I did immediately think, pretty bold of me to turn around and talk to this guy who clearly has the higher ground two rows behind me. <laughs> so then I had to turn around and watch the film, the rest of Creed Two, with this guy behind me, not knowing if I'm gonna get punched in the back of the head, a couple rabbit punches coming my way. I didn't know what Pop was. Gonna, and we're watching a boxing Pop movie. Not. So everybody's fired up. I once got threatened with the pop knot. People think they get you, someone gave you one right beneath your left eye. Yeah, the stitches are coming out tomorrow. I would think the doctor's going to take some of this scab that seems anxious to go <laughs> away. So. away. <laughs> In the question, you, could, stop, In the you questions. could start asking what happened to my face. Like, why does it look normal again? I mean, we every can, day, it's at least, it's double-digit people in the YouTube chat. I mean, that's good because come to the it tells us we have a new face? audience, right? Or, or, or the same face? audience continues to troll. Or, or they've one got, of, or they've got one amnesia. The it's one of the two. Or we're goldfish are watching our show. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter, at Outkick360. You can join the YouTube chat. Just search at Outkick360. We hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, where you can hit the alert button and know we go live each and every day at 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern, all the way to 6 Eastern here from 6th and Peabody. Uh, This weekend, we are headed to Gainesville. We will be live from the Swamp. The OutKick College Football Tour will stop in Gainesville for Alabama and Florida. Chad, we're looking forward to this. This is your first trip to Gainesville and the Swamp for game day. OutKick the tailgate. Coming to a tailgate near you all over the SEC throughout the season. Really looking forward to this. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I will say, I'm going to get this out of the way now, and I'm not going to say it while we're in Gainesville. Um, this is of the big venues, college towns in America, dead last on my list of places I'd want to go <laughs> wow. in the first one. I have Hurtful. no interest in Gainesville, Florida. Never have. No interest in the swamp, no interest in whatever made-up traditions they've had over the last 25 years. Um, I have not so had a that's big... That's a man um, who's been hurt by I mean, look, by I, I'm, I'm fu- it's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy doing the show. But Gainesville is dead last on my list of SEC locales 
I'm looking forward to going to. But it's also good. I'm going to go Dead toss it off the list. You would rather, rather go to Starkville. I'd rather go oh, to Starkville. Wait, yeah. I'd rather go to Fayetteville. For atmosphere. Uh, I'd rather, I'd what rather about, stay what about, here in Nashville. Wow, that's what I was going to. That for was, atmosphere? I'm not saying it's dead last in atmosphere. I'm saying personally, I have no affinity for that part of the state of Florida. <laughs> if I'm going to be in Florida, I want to be at the beach. Anything landlocked in Florida, if I'm not at damn Disney World, I don't care to be there. I've been one time uh, when uh, Middle Tennessee State played at Florida. And they, they were a lot like... Athens to me where you, you roll in and everyone was actually extremely polite because they knew they were buying a win. You know, there was, there was no animosity. Now I don't know what it's like. Uh, you know, Doug Matthews, a uh, friend of the show used to coach in the swamp and urine would be thrown at him. Bags of urine would be thrown like towards the bench Central American soccer. as they would walk to the tunnel. That did, that did not happen to me as I walked down the street to the stadium. Uh, but <laughs> he once said he, he wanted Tennessee to get back to the days when Tennessee would go to the swamp and have bags of urine thrown he their way. The urine. Yeah, because that meant that Tennessee was, was back and in, in back in the forefront of the rivalry. Um, I, I wonder if we'll see that this week for Florida-Alabama, Chad. I actually like the swamp as a venue. Uh, I, was, I was unimpressed with Gainesville as a college town, really. But I like the football venue very much from when I was down there. More I, than, I, more I, than I expected. I did like the stadium, too. Um, I think Chad will as well. I yeah, think he'll I'm enjoy not, it. I'm really not looking forward to that part of it. Um, <laughs> it's, it, the place has hurt him. Is the, it your the hatred who of, work the, in the, place. of I mean, the it's team? Just, I, I, I've been very clear about this with Florida. It's just one of those programs I can acknowledge their success and how good of a job it is, and it's a good public school and all of that. And uh, they produce great players, and they've got some really good fans and a passionate fan base, all of that, while also stating that I have zero desire or affinity for that program or anything about <laughs> it. I just cage, don't care. Don't care about any of it. Uh, just re- there, every other place in the SEC I'd rather see than Gainesville, Florida. That's a really big statement. Now, look, they can change my mind. I'll be there this weekend. I welcome Gainesville changing purple, my mind and me coming away purpose. and saying, Chad, you know, that was better than Athens, Georgia. That's the best college town. I've ever been in. Please uh, change my mind. Chad will enter the purple porpoise on Friday night in Gainesville. Chad, your thoughts? Drink out of a special um, purple porpoise glass. G- Gainesville, open open yourself up and welcome me. That's what I'm. That's what my request to you. He comes <laughs> into you. Yes. <laughs> we will. We will enter. Mash up. We uh, we so join Friday night around 6 p.m. 7 p.m. We will enter. Gainesville. We join Outkick and Fox, Outkick 360 in Gainesville uh, this Saturday morning. You can watch us on the current channels uh, and the platform through uh, Outkick as well, starting at 8 o'clock Central, 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, really looking forward to that. Big show today when we come back. Brady uh, says on his podcast that he's never seen the league as young as it currently is at quarterback. We'll, we'll discuss the youth movement at the position. Uh, where the best teams are across the league right now in the NFL. And a discussion to be had about some trends that we saw from week one that likely don't stick as we move into week two and week three. Uh, and some, some, some areas of the passing game that certain teams must shy away from. And it's called the, the 50 pass attempt club. We'll explain that straight ahead. Uh, but first though, David Reed, who always looks great, is looking even better with Dr. Melissa Toyos in Toyos Clinic. 
Uh, yeah, we talk to, to you about our friends over at Toyota's Clinic all the time. And just like the latest technology when it comes to flapless lakes, they use the same latest technology when it comes to hair restoration. This is a smart graft technology. What does that mean for you? It means you're not going to end up looking like Drew Brees on television. It's going to be your own natural hair growing back on top of your head. This isn't the old-fashioned hair restoration systems where there's a large strip taken out of the back of your head. These are small, uh, localized, follicular units. They're taken out of the back of your head, put on top. It's your own natural hair growing back on top of your head. It looks natural. It feels natural. And you're in and out in a day. Minimal recovery time for this as well. This is the only option when it comes to hair restoration in 2021. This is the way to go. Don't let hair loss troubles hold you back. Call 888-315-3937 to schedule your hair restoration consultation today with Toyo's Clinic. And tell them the OutKick sent you and receive 10% off. There were six quarterbacks across the NFL last weekend that attempted 50 or more passes. It did not end well. Welcome back to OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. Would you guys like to guess the record of the six quarterbacks and those teams? Well, uh, one and five, because one of them won in the Tampa Dallas Well, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, those are two. That's 0-2. I'm going to guess one and five. Two and four was the overall record. Okay. Uh, you're right, uh, dead on with uh, Brady. Brady attempted 50, what, 51 passes, something like that. Uh, the other is Derek Carr <laughs> uh, in, on Monday night. He added to the win total. The four losers, Goff, who attempted 51, uh, Prescott, Josh Allen, and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, uh, who I believe had not attempted 50 passes in a college game opened up his NFL career with zero run game and attempted over 50 passes against the Houston Texans. That is not a recipe for success if you're a rookie quarterback. I believe we've got a uh, Jacksonville running back owner over there. Yeah, that was oh, his not, career high, by the way, 48 passes at Clemson. Yeah, career that was, high. That was not good with James Robinson. Uh, Urban Meyer also, Trevor Lawrence's coach, was asked today about the UFC job, and he said flat out, no chance. I am building an organization here. That was his response. Did not, uh, did not go light foot around uh, the question and just said there's no chance, which immediately people were retweeting with the quotations of uh, Nick Saban saying, I will not be the next head coach at Alabama. Uh, Lane Kiffin also was asked about this, uh, as was James Franklin. Um, Kiffin said in the quote, well, I feel for Clay. Clay's a great person. I think everybody knows that. I can relate to being fired early in the year from there. <laughs> <laughs> Great Kiffin response. Uh, the, uh, the, the relationship with Kiffin and USC, I don't know why people are trying to mention him at USC again. Well, I think they mention him because... It's easy. Well, and it's and also... It the pot. I mean, he's just so different. Like, I don't think that Kiffin... Kiffin's not an angry guy. He seems like the type of guy that if he legitimately thought he'd have a better chance at winning a national title at USC and could win bigger there than at Ole Miss, yeah. he wouldn't hold the grudge and go back because the way Kiffin looks back on his career now and the way he talks about it was that he was immature as a young coach and he's grown up a lot since then. And maybe he just acknowledges, I wasn't very good at USC the first go around and I want to correct it. I mean, not. That place I don't was think so it's going to happen, but, I, I, but with almost any other coach, I'd say, no way, no way. With Lane Kiffin, I give it a small percentage chance of happening just because Lane Kiffin's personality is so different. 
I, I would certainly allow for the possibility on his end. Uh, you know, USC is a totally different story if they'd go back to that or not. I don't think he'd hesitate for a second. Kiffin's just so perfect for the SEC, though. I think he realizes that. I think, that I think Lane, he's smart enough to realize that. I think Lane Kiffin, having been in Knoxville as the head coach and then going to, uh, going to L.A. and then being right outside of Miami as a head coach and then being in Tuscaloosa right. as an assistant and now being at Oxford, I'm willing to bet that Lane Kiffin likes the SEC town lifestyle of a head coach and spotlight more than Los Angeles, Miami, because, I mean, you're, you're 185th fiddle in Los Angeles right. as USC's head coach. You're not recognized out at restaurants. I mean, you're just not. And you, if you're in Knoxville or Oxford, Mississippi or Tuscaloosa, everyone knows who you are. Everywhere you go, I think that Lane Kiffin likes that. Not every coach likes it. Lane Kiffin likes it. I, I don't think he likes it. I think he loves it. Yeah. Oh, yes. A- absolutely. And then that's why I'm, I'm just not buying that. Now, James Franklin, on the other hand, just answered the question by saying, yeah, we don't, we don't appreciate distractions. We hate distractions going into this week. Well, He's then going go to talk a- to his leadership group about it. Well, then go ahead and go on the record and say that you're not going to be the next coach at that's USC. That's the way to kill the distractions. That would be my follow-up. Well, you don't want any distractions. And here, uh, here's my tape recorder. Go on record. You're not taking that job. He's not going to do that because he knows there's a chance he'd take the job. Well, and the chance he's going to get another raise. Yeah. Look, <laughs> so. he, he would be foolish to say that at this point because, I mean, we know for a fact that James Franklin talked to Tennessee and uh, Danny White was talking to him a lot and it was very close to happening. And he was close to leaving uh, Penn State for Tennessee this past offseason. He's going to talk to USC also, and quite frankly, he probably should. If you're James Franklin, I mean, uh, I, think, I don't think anybody's going to begrudge him for doing that. Follow us on Twitter at Outkick360. Uh, Tom Brady, I don't know if you guys knew this, he has a podcast, the Let's Go podcast. And uh, this week, this past uh, episode, he's talking about the youth movement at the quarterback position. He says throughout his 22-year career, he's never seen as many young guys starting at quarterback as what, what we're currently seeing. And he's not just mentioning rookies. But he started by mentioning the starting quarterbacks that are rookies and who are actually getting playing time and will eventually start this season. And then he lumped in the, you know, the, the second-year guys, Tua, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. He's like, look, gone are the days of these vets where teams lean – they're looking for the new leadership group of the NFL. And – and he's, he's saying you're getting an up-close look at, at what the future is. I, I'm curious, guys, who you think the next face is. If you had to bet on it right now, who would you place your money on? If there's a fan duel prop for who's the next face of the league, and we're not talking Mahomes, I'm talking after that era. I'd be tw- choosing between Burrow, <clears throat> excuse me, Burrow and Herbert. Um. And both markets aren't great because Herbert's on the secondary team in L.A. Yep. and Burrow's on a team that has never, <laughs> right. ever shown. Um, now that, you know, so it would be great for either one to take off. I think that both teams are going to take off, but I'm going Herbert over Burrow slightly. I would go uh, – I would put honorable mention Mac Jones, Zach Wilson – in that mix, the two AFC East rookie starting quarterbacks so, as a possibility. Now, can I count Baker Mayfield in that generation, or is he too old for this conversation? I, I think he's right on the edge. 
I, mean, I think he's Baker 20, Mayfield. I think Baker so Mayfield. Mahomes, so. Right, I, but I, I put Baker Mayfield in that list of candidates to be a face of the league type guy because he's got some Peyton Manning. He's already there. Charisma. State Farm has him already there. I'm going to eliminate him because he's progressive, already uh, but yeah. progressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but who's the yeah? So <laughs> what about um, insurance? Right. What about the 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 Justin Fields aspect of Chicago? I'm not convinced. Trey Lance in San Francisco. I'm not convinced that Fields is going to make it. I think he could. I think he also might not. I'm not as into Justin Fields as most people. But you're certain on Burrow and and Herbert. I I, I am. Despite the organization. I think their needs. I I think that if we're talking Herbert, Burrow, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, names we've thrown out, there will be a, a, a desire for a black quarterback to be in that mix from a marketing standpoint. So I, when I think of Justin Fields, I, I think of that as an element also. He's going to have to be good. But, you know, when Cam Newton was really good, Cam Newton was very marketable. Very, very, very marketable. I think Justin Fields could have the same if, if he's going to. And I'm a Justin Fields believer, but I did not see what I wanted to in those preseason games from, from Justin Fields as a decision-maker more t- more passer. Time. More time. Uh, he's, we're going to see him at, at full stride at some point this season uh, with Dalton starting. That's only a matter of time. Let's go to one older quarterback for mm-hmm. a second. Marcus Mariota missed most of the preseason hurt. He had a 38-yard run for the Raiders. He disappeared from that game. They did not announce him being out hurt. He's out hurt. He probably is out for – it could be a long-term injury. It's a this guy is unbelievably unable to stay healthy. Yes. It was an electric run. Gruden said, hey, this is a, a great. He gives us an ingredient that we don't have. Sounds like, sounded like they planned to flow him into games to give them a jolt in a way that Derek Carr can't in, in a situation like that where he could call that play. He's already gone. On his first carry. And it worked. It was great. The Baltimore was not ready for it. You know what else continues to not work? The pronunciation of his name. Oh, oh it's, no, it's excruciating. It. Every, everyone did. Peyton Manning butchered it. Eli Manning butchered it. The Monday Night Football crew butchered it. It's unbelievable. They don't care. I mean, we said this for years while he was in town. They just don't care. Which is just not a, acceptable. It's not a professional excuse. They, they will practice Tua Tagovailoa, but they will not say Marcus Mariota. Like, I, I, I don't get it. Here's the thing about it. I'm still working I mean, on the Clemson quarterback's name, but, I'll, I mean, I'll get it right. right. I won't insult the man. We've discussed it time and time again. It's, it's not hard enough on paper for the people who work to perfect names to put it on their list, like, I've got to get this one down, like practicing Tungavaloa, um, and so they don't, and so they just get it wrong because they think it's, they know it. It's also not like Cleland Furl, which sounds ridiculous to me when it's spelled Farrell and every other name that you see, <laughs> F-E-R-R-E-L-L, is Farrell. It's a very common Irish last name. Or Tarod. Farrell. Tarod Taylor. And when he when says it's, it's pronounced Furl, I'm thinking, no, it's not. <laughs> but okay, if that's what you say, you can say Cleland Furl. Th- that's ridiculous. It's, it's Mario. It's Marcus. It's just like his – that's what kills me is it's not a common name, so it's not like it's stuck right. in your head that, well, every time I see this, it's Mariota. I know a guy down the street, Gene Mariota, great guy, former mechanic, terrific guy. It's, Gene, it's pronounced <laughs> Mariota. You don't know anyone named Mariota, so why are you saying Mariota? It's Mariota, and it's just like his first name, Marcus. 
it baffles the mind how people cannot get it right. You guys with me on Burrow and, uh, and yes. Herbert? Yes. Yeah, I think Both Burrow's guys. hurt by, I don't know, it's the NFL. Like, I don't know you can really be overly hurt by your market if you're good. If you're good. a big enough quarterback. Yeah, if you're good, you're going to be marketable. I mean, Cam Newton was highly marketable in Charlotte. Yeah. That's not uh, the media capital of the country. Uh, so if you're good and you've got some charisma about you, if you're a good NFL quarterback, you're going to be highly marketed. They'll find you. You're, you're face of the league type material. Herbert, uh, this past Sunday against Washington, was 13 of 16 passing on third down for 160 yards. 11 of those passes went for first downs. He single-handedly in some of these drives kept them alive. He's the reason why they won this game. Uh, I, I realize Washington fumbled late, but the Chargers were having offensive penalties. They were having defensive issues. And Herbert just kept them alive enough to even sustain some drives when they didn't need to punt it back to Washington in some of these instances. Uh, the, the other thing that's really impressive about the Chargers offense, it reminds me a lot of the Saints offense. There are a lot of uh, in-breaking routes, angle routes, crossers behind the route of the, the angle route behind the crosser using Keenan Allen. Um, this is a hard offense to defend, especially on third down with Herbert making the right call and the decision. He's just... He's the leader. He's in charge, and there's no doubt about it when you watch him. And it's odd to me uh, to watch him. Watch him. He, he he reminds me of a small quarterback with his the way he maneuvers in the pocket and the way he can zip a pass out on a three step drop. It's very odd to see a guy who's what six four, six five, six six on a three step drop. Normally, you don't see that from a guy of his stature. He does it. And he does it very well. Um, I, I really like him. And Burrow is just tough. Like the mentality of – He's a winner. I mean, he's getting whipped, and he is, he's getting up, almost congratulating the guy and saying, good luck doing it again. And then he hits a big pass on the next play. The other side of that um, Chargers game takes you to Washington, takes you to, I'm guessing, the second oldest quarterback in the NFL, who's out for a good stretch now in Ryan Fitzpatrick and helping create more of the youth movement with Henneke, who may or may not be the answer there, but they like him enough that they're handing him the keys and letting him go. And so there's another young guy that we're going to be talking about over at least the next several well, weeks. Well, Heineke, Heineke nearly won the game for Washington this past week, and then Antonio Gibson fumbled. He, was, he, he came in off of the bench and was, was leading a drive to go win it, and then Gibson fumbled it. Yeah. He's a, I mean, there's a good reason for them to give him a good chance here and not go sprinting to find an alternative. We all remember the playoff game where, it, where he did uh, uh, put on a really nice performance. And so he gets his chance. And there's another young, the young replacing very old. And I'm pretty sure Ryan Fitzpatrick's the second oldest behind only the big exception to the rule in Tom Brady. Hutton, you'll, you'll probably remember this, but I watched Tyler Heineke live at Old Dominion oh, on yeah. a trip with MTSU. MTSU. You couldn't go for some reason with work or something, but I, Titans. I went to Norfolk, Virginia and stayed with the it's MTSU Norfolk. team. And, uh, yeah, it's not, and, and uh, it's funny enough, in Nebraska, Norfolk is Norfolk. Uh, and there, it's, it's Norfolk. But, um, <laughs> Nobody can pronounce it. But I remember thinking, boy, Tyler, Ty, Tyler Heineke, this is the guy. This is the guy to watch. You know, this was, he had all the buzz going to that game. And years later now, we're seeing him as a starter in Washington. It's pretty cool. And they love him. It'd be like interesting the, to see. Yeah, they like the qualities. And I think the locker room responds to him after that playoff 
performance that he had. Um, guys, guess who the the team rushing leader is after one week? It's not surprising, but it is. I'm trying to think of a team that blew someone out um, that had a lot of rushing attempts because of that. It's not Baltimore, which is where we would automatically look. Um, San Francisco? Paul? I'm, I'm flipping through my reels. I, I have a lot of teams that's not. Who oh, I oh I got, I've got been. a guess. Denver? No. It's Baltimore. Baltimore <laughs> leads the NFL in rushing. I love how Hutton throws out a question where we all had an obvious answer, but we're going away from the I obvious. Said, that's why I bring it up. Simply Baltimore. because we think he's asking it. Because well, that, no, that's why I bring it up. Baltimore the, ran, but not like that Baltimore runs, and so the rest of the league didn't surpass him. It's a, oh, they, they ran it and ran it well. Did they? Uh, Dobbins, Edwards, and Hill combined for over 1,500 yards rushing and 15 touchdowns last season. They lead the league in rushing right now as a team with 189 yards in, w- in one week. Well, and that was with, obviously, Latavius Murray and new right, guys. But with Tyson all the injuries yeah. that they had, they were left for dead. They even had their starter, Gus Edwards, go down, uh, what, a week before Thursday. kickoff? Thursday, yeah. And they still, they, after week one, they lead the league in rushing. So they still showed up and ran their offense. Well, that's what, now we're getting into a situation where it's, a, it's plug and play. They've got a great rushing attack because of the threat of system. Lamar Jackson rolling out and passing or running. So they've got a system in place where they don't need – I mean, you could always use a great running back, but they don't need the great running back. They can plug guys in and they're still going to be well, productive. Well, I think it also says something about them that they, they were able to do what they want to do and they couldn't win with it against a team that is not great um, – you know, that, that was fueled by their home opener at their new building and all that. Oh, and they got some that. plays and stuff. But it also, uh, you know, was, wasn't it uh, Oakland that got the five-yard penalty from the one-yard line, mm-hmm. through the pick, all of that? Oakland made a lot uh, – Oakland. Las Vegas made a lot of mistakes in well, that game and that's that the Baltimore story. usually takes advantage of and couldn't. Well, that's the story of, of Lamar Jackson. He, he publicly – I mean, he, on Twitter, he roasted himself. Fumbled twice you know, in that F- run game. F-bombs and all kinds of stuff on Twitter about his performance. Uh, he was uh, more polite with his uh, response uh, to the media, but just said, like, it's on me. I've got to protect the football better. You know, he's, and you mentioned, Paul, he's switching arms and he's holding it out like a loaf of bread and, and they're, they forced two fumbles and recovered both. But he put it all on him because it was, right? But he's yeah. also capable of single-handedly winning a game. I mean, it's, the good for them is that they saw, hey, we can still do our thing successfully despite having lost these people, but it, they couldn't win with it in that first game which was you know a little bit of unconventional circumstances and still with some new personnel with their mvp caliber quarterback botching some things they're gonna have to regirder themselves if you will but they saw that they can still do their thing ravens 5.6 yards per carry tied with them the philadelphia eagles 5.6 yards per carry teams with a better yards per carry average in week one the denver broncos 5.9 yards per carry. Tied with them, the Cleveland Browns at 5.9 yards per carry. The Tennessee Titans, 3.9 yards per carry, which I believe was Derrick Henry's September average a year ago. Uh, 3.7. He got more in this game than his average last year. So it's 3.7 then. So I knew it was 3.9 or 3.7. How much did we think that that Eagles 
Falcons game was about the Eagles, and how much was it about the Falcons? Uh, it's about the Falcons. They, they passed the 50-yard line twice in the entire game. You know, we've, we've <laughs> talked a lot about Arthur that's, Smith. That's the Falcons. We've talked a lot about Arthur Smith going into a situation that's a lot worse than Tennessee, but he's got Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, uh, Pitts. Matt Ryan. Matt well, Ryan. They're not terrible. They're, well, what's interesting Offensive about line, listing those coming up in the, the next hour, we'll bring up what the storyline is about Julio Jones in Atlanta, on Atlanta Sports Talk, and t- tuning in and listening to what they're saying about what's happening here and what Julio Jones did here in week one. Trust me, they're monitoring that and what the expectations were going into the offseason with the players that they that, that Paul just mentioned, plus drafting Kyle Pitts, adding Arthur Smith, having Matt Ryan, and at the time having Julio Jones. We'll get into what Atlanta is saying from a sports market perspective on number two. That's coming up. But when we come back, if you're new to the show, Wednesdays, we complain. Primary complaint is next. And if you're new to the show, we'll explain what that means on OutKick 360. About time to complain. Our top grievance of the week, Outkick 360, across the Outkick Network, alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. One of our favorite segments of the week, Paul, is primary complaint. Please explain to the the new listeners across the Outkick Network exactly what we mean by primary complaint. This is way, way back when I was writing at the Tennessean. You know, I have so many complaints. I was like, i got to find a way to narrow this thing down. (laughs) And uh, I said, how about I start with a primary complaint before I get to all my other complaints. So I started doing a blog post at the Tennessean. Primary complaint. You were a fan of it. Yes. And we we were talking about a radio show. We said, if we had a radio show, we'd definitely do a weekly primary complaint segment chad came aboard after we missed on five or six people we wanted to join our show <laughs> and, and we were born and uh and and we right away the first wednesday of that show did primary complaint we've done it every single wednesday unless we had an overwhelming news day primary complaint it continues and here we go i am the Nick Saban of this show, and all Roy the five Williams. or six people Roy before Williams. are the Rich Rodriguez that missed out on it, and then you finally got to your guy, which is this guy we right hit here. It. We hit it. Paul, do you think your complaint idea was something sort of like Miss Cheat Pad at the Tennessee, where she got so many ideas of being frugal, and she's like, I'm not going to narrow it down to one. I'm going to have a daily column about how to be cheap. Um, I like to keep my distance from Miss Cheap after we had it out with her on, right. on the radio, no, which was Ms. a Hans classic to you. Yeah. yeah, I call so. her Mary. You call, you call her mother. <laughs> <laughs> mother Hans. It is time for this week's primary complaint. Uh, and my complaint this week, guys, is with the, the, the mentality of the Tennessee Titans. And an example would be the tweet. Uh, Teron Davenport had the quote today from, uh, from Jeffrey Simmons. And it's not, the, it's not the mentality that he's giving today, where the quote is, I'm sure no one is expecting us to win. We're going into a hostile environment. This team entered the season four days ago with a swagger that they're ready to claim their spot. And, and now they're already talking about being the underdog that no one believes in because they require a hunter's mindset, not the hunted mindset. That's been the case for years. And my primary complaint isn't that that's a thing. It's that they entered week one with the opposite mindset, despite being slapped around by some good teams over the last month of play, of regular season or postseason play. 
maybe this latest beatdown will slap them back into reality and bring more of the mindset that Jeffrey Simmons is discussing as they go to Seattle because they didn't have it against Green Bay. They didn't have it in the postseason against Baltimore. And they didn't have it to open the season this year against Arizona. That's my primary complaint. So my primary complaint this week, for those watching the show, I've got a visual demonstration, a little show and tell. This is a coffee cup that I'm holding. I'm explaining it for those listening to the show on radio right now or wherever you're listening. Uh, There's an old 17th century proverb that comes from England about cleanliness being next to godliness. Uh, We know that now more than ever when it comes to hygiene and a lot of things that have happened in this world in the last couple of years. So when I go and purchase an expensive coffee, from Starbucks or this is where this is from or wherever you get your expensive coffee. I don't think it's too much to ask that if you were going to be the one handling the lid on my coffee, (laughs) that you follow that cleanliness is next to godliness and that your hand should not be on my lip of my lid. At least make some sort of veiled effort to not put your entire sweaty palm and your entire hand over the one opening to the lid to my coffee cup when you don't have gloves on or anything else. Pick up the lid. I'm going to show you right now and tell you. Pick up the lid on the side. Don't touch the mouth of it. And place it on without touching the mouth. Do not put your sweaty, dirty hands all over my coffee cup lid, please. And if you're doing so, you are my primary complaint. You love hands on your lips. (laughs) My primary complaint. (laughs) All right, guys. Hey, good show. See you all tomorrow. Good one. My primary complaint's John Gruden. He's a a frequent target of mine. Uh, He says that Darren Waller is the best player he's ever coached. Darren Waller is the best player he's ever coached. He's coached Derek Brooks. Charles Woodson, John Lynch, Warren Sapp, Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, and as an assistant, Brent Favre. Brett Favre. Brent. You did say yesterday. I you did get say those. they're the same name to me. <laughs> Brett and Brent are the same name. Interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. Just like I'll H use that as exist. next week's complaint. Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, Derek Brooks, Charles Woodson. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame list. You'd start a team with any one of those guys. But he likes Darren Waller the best. Stop with the exaggerations. Think before you speak. I can't stand listening to you. Who was it uh, in Washington? This uh, Maybe it was yesterday. I'm trying to remember who said this. It was one of his teammates said that uh, Taylor Heineke could start for any NFL team. Oh, my gosh. Like he could, like if you emptied who? every NFL team. Who said that? I'm trying to uh, hang on. I'll find out who I'm said. I'm trying that. to justify. Like, I'm like putting this on the same level. If you emptied every NFL team, and you needed a starter, he could start for every team. If if every team had no starter, yeah. And like you if a every if uh, if if uh, at least ninety percent of the league's quarterbacks got COVID one week, he could. Then start. yes, then Taylor Heineke could theoretically start for right. every team. That's it. Yeah, he could not start above the starters on those teams. People that just just say things. I, I saw it was this one quote. of his teammates who I, said. I this. went back and I looked at his Tampa Bay. I wanted them. I was like, "Am I totally forgetting the Tampa Bay roster that Tony Dungy <laughs> inherited to win that Super Bowl? Like, was Derek Brooks not on that roster? Darren Waller being in the same sentence as Derek Brooks is such an insult to Derek Brooks. 
Well, like if I'm Darren John Brooks, Lynch, who was I, also just yeah, uh, inducted. If I see that headline and I'm one of those guys, I do, do a double take and I'm like, he is slapping at me. He has to give some reason for force feeding in the 19, football. 19 targets. By the way, it was Chase Young who said this about Heineke. <laughs> said he could start for any NFL team. And I'm thinking, yeah, if, if half of the league's starters went down, I mean, he would be a great backup option. I mean, no, what it's this not, does it, is makes Todd Downing look a lot better for saying that Daniel Munyer, <laughs> the Titans' third-string center, replaced Ben Jones admirably in the preseason. You, I mean, you could just because they're your teammate or you coach them, you could just not say that. It's you not could. an insult just to not say that Tyler Heineke, that Taylor Heineke could start for any team. Half of the NFL is 1-0, and but only three teams have balance as a top-10 offense and a top-10 defense after week one. And those teams may surprise you. That's next on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.